0: Tonight on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, cooking with the Daleks. Enjoy
1: the recipe and the next We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get
0: me so easily!
1: It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule.
0: It's your sacred duty to tell us
1: the truth. Confess, confess, and we will give you a witchcraft. You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring to people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up.
0: bye by Saturday night.
1: Welcome to, yet again, another Area 51 recording of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. The only podcast to guarantee another waste of electrons. You hear stuff? I talk. That's how this game gets played. In this episode, which is episode 474, we are a mere 25 episodes away from the big 500, in which Commander Cam has got this big thing planned that we're not about to talk about. So tonight, I'd like to talk about ducts. We're still social distancing and in show mode, that means that uh, the clogging of the central web and the world is caught up on Zoom, which is why we're not using it. It's difficult to get a solid signal and we're once again using paired back cast and hoping for the best or whatever. So we're doing the best we can or whatever. Um, At some point, Commander Cam will get used to my taunts uh, until then. And at that point, he'll be reprocessed because Soylent Green is human, as everybody knows. Uh, So uh, it's been another fun week here in the old U.S. of A. Uh, Half the country refuses to do anything. The other half of the country is doing something, but we're not sure what. So we're talking to Canada tonight. And... uh, Cam, how are
0: you doing? I'm doing good. I still want to know why you want to talk about my tear ducts. I didn't
1: say say tear ducts. Oh, okay. That's a very obscure reference. And if anybody knows it, drop an email to SciFiSaturdayNight.com and win a prize. (laughs) And if you don't, you're a shitty Terry Gilliam fan. That's all I can say. (laughs) Anything else going on we need to talk about?
0: No, I can't think of anything else. Like I said, you, you, you annihilated my entire, you know, discussion of episode five hundred and all of the super secret special guests. So, you know, I'm just gonna sit here quiet. Oh, have have and we got, have we got any
1: super secret special guests we can talk about yet?
0: No, because they're super secret. It's gotta wait a little while.
1: I I was hoping for a uh, dead redhead.
0: Well, you know, we might be able to to uh, finagle one of those.
1: That would be cool.
0: And maybe as it may be a zombrarian as well, and uh, and a uh, illustrator X, and you know, and maybe a few others, you know. That you would never be know. cool. You never know who we could get. That
1: would be cool. Actually, it would be very very fun to uh, to uh, get a wheezy old old uh uh mr k
0: that would be i wonder if too. we could
1: make that happen that would be funnier than hell all
0: right well have I, we haven't talked to
1: him we haven't talked to him since the old uh radio days wheezy old dr k all
0: right i wonder if we could make that happen that would be funny you never know Tom. I may be saving him for the this is your life section of the uh <laughs> of, is, of the podcast. This is your almost death. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or possibly, you know, with that segment the death of the podcast, you never know. <laughs> That's
1: true. That's true. We're we're crawling uh today uh to someone who's getting very close to being part of the five timers club. Uh evidently not by choice. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Because we keep finding ways to push him uh, onto the show. uh, um, Because he keeps doing cool shit. Um, We had him on the show originally because he had this really, really weird uh, comic book that we liked. And then he did this really, really weird live stream uh, theater event that we liked. And then he did this second really, really weird comic book, which was uh, volume two of his first really, really weird comic book, uh, which really wasn't a surprise because the first one was kind of fun. So uh, let's uh, welcome back Bruce Olive Time to the show. Bruce, hey, welcome back, man.
2: Hey, thanks, guys. Great to <laughs> From there. the
1: far reaches of Canada – uh, three time zones away maybe four i'm not even sure anymore uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is kind of why we're recording in an odd time because we kind of really screwed up what we were going to do it the first time and everybody kind of forgot how, ma- how many time zones apart we were so yeah. uh hey welcome back man
2: yeah thank you it's good to be back good to be talking to you guys about cool stuff
1: uh yeah um Way back in uh, TalkCast 461, I'm sorry, 439, which was actually a while back. uh, You had thrown this comic book at us and we just kind of went, this is one of the oddest things we had ever seen. (laughs) And it's a comic book called Snark. And it was truly the comic book about... uh, alien overlords coming to wreak havoc upon earth except not <laughs> <laughs> and then we got into this whole discussion about uh ETs and uh, good ETs and bad ETs and this this one guy who was supposed to come and be the vanguard for earth uh, earth's being overtaken by an alien race and instead, no. And at the end of the book, it was, he kind of liked us. And, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, it was a big question mark as to whether or not he was going to be our friend. And yes, he was. And there was going to be more to come. And we said, when is that going to happen? And it was a big question mark. Is there going to be more? And the answer today we find out is Snark 2. Yes, there is. (laughs)
2: But
1: Snark Snark 2 is slightly different in that it is indeed a significantly longer endeavor, a graphic novel with not just more story, uh, which is quite frankly in the same vein of Snark 1, uh, in that it's a story of small, is a graphic novel of a bunch of small stories but also gives us a lot of background on the whole story itself how it took place why it took place gives us a whole lot of background on it including some rare behind the scenes stuff of how this all began with you Mm -hmm. and and um some stuff about uh the whole snark story itself including some very rare illustrations from 1982 uh the very first comic strip that you wrote about the space tragedy which yeah. i looked at and just kind of went wow you've got to just bared your soul here <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's travel back in time to nineteen eighty two uh, to the very first time you drew this comic strip and, uh how did this come about for you? yeah, what was the purpose and why was it done, and what did it mean to you?
2: Yeah, well, I I should say that uh, I struggled to learn how to read as a kid and uh, uh, comic books saved me. So I've always loved comic books. I collected comic books when I was a little kid. I still get comic books. I'm just really into comics. So uh, that's the first thing I want to say. The other thing, Snark as a character came to me kind of in a vision or a dream when I was working at a military prison in Mannheim, West Germany in, in, uh, in, in, 1981. So, uh, or 80, 80, 81. Uh, and, uh, I was, I was working as a jail guard and I think I was in the guard tower and I used to draw and write stories. And it came to me, this character named Snark then spelled with a K S N A R K. Uh, now I spell it with a C, but, that's when it first came to me and this idea that he was an alien human alien hybrid and uh so when i got out of the army the first time i went to engineering school at montana tech and uh so i wanted to be a petroleum engineer and uh i i needed extra credit so i signed up for the um school newspaper the the technocrat at montana tech and uh they said, well, you know, because I could draw, so they said, okay, you can do some ads for us. And I said, I, I'd really like to do a comic strip. And I talked the editor into it. And uh, yeah, so I delivered my first Snark in January of 1982. And I did four more strips. And then I flunked out of uh, engineering school. <laughs> <So> that was <laughs> that's how it started. And Snark An went into ignominious the ignominious
1: yeah. end to your college career
2: it i I, can't, I made a a a revival with college and i was able to complete my bachelor's masters and now i have a doctorate in history but uh, yeah not an engineer i love science i love math but i just it wasn't right for me uh vocationally i guess and but but writing comic books was so so really it was 37 years in in the making uh snark when i when it was uh, revived in 2019 and uh, my my second eldest son he made a uh, he's an engineer by the way so that's kind of cool uh, and he works in the auto industry and he has a 3d printer and a forge and he made a uh, snark a bust of his head from the old comic strip that he had had and that inspired me that was in january of 2019 that inspired me to uh, Revive Snark and get Gary Dumb on board and tell him, hey, it's time. I want to do a comic book and this character. Now
1: wait a minute. Let's let's take a quick pause here. Yeah. Because get Gary Dumb on board. Yeah. Now this this is a really interesting guy to get on board. Yeah. How and where did you meet Gary Dumb and explain if you can to the listeners. How that happened, because Gary has his own unique pedigree.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. He's been around since the early '70s. Mm-hmm. Doing, he, he was an underground artist. He did some. Uh, he's done a little bit of everything in comics since the '70s. He was the primary artist for uh, Harvey P. Carr and American Splendor. Uh, those that are familiar with comics and or even the movie with Paul Giamatti. Yeah, I now, think
1: for was, those those who were yeah. young enough to remember the movie American splendor, you yeah. have to really be old enough to remember who Harvey Picard actually was yeah. or, or vintage enough to re- have any uh, idea what American splendor actually was, or maybe lucky enough to own some of that original artwork. So yeah. you know, I mean, that goes back a long, long way into the early to mid 70s.
2: Yeah, mid mid 70s. Uh, and I I had some copies. In fact, I have uh, several copies of American Splendor, including uh, number one. Oh! And I uh, I uh, I admired his art. I you know I looked through there. Well, I, yeah, this is how it started. I I looked through there, and I was actually looking for an artist uh, for my my history anti textbook, which is a whole other story which I wrote because I got tired of all these corporate textbooks that none of the students liked or read or cared about. And I, I could care less about them, too. So it was a horrible situation. So I said, I'm going to write my own textbook. I've been teaching history for 30 years. I, I should write my own textbook. So I did. And I needed I wanted a comic book page for each for the beginning of each chapter. And uh, I was looking through it, an old my old copy of uh, copies of American Splendor. And I liked all the art, you know, including uh, Robert Crumb, who was also probably the most famous of the right. artists. Um, and, you know, Mr. Natural and all that stuff. And uh, so I, I but I love Gary's art. It's very clean. It's a classic style. I just it was really I really liked it. So I, I found out that he lived in Cleveland and I looked up his email. I sent him an email. He thought I was a little strange, you know, with my idea of a comic book and a history book. And, you know, anyway, so but. He liked the manuscript, and he decided to illustrate it for me. And that's how we met, because of Harvey Picard, because of my love of comics, and uh, because of American Splendor. So that, uh, that is how we met. And then I wrote three paranormal books, which is another departure for me. I've written a lot of uh, history books and stuff. But I had all these paranormal experiences in my life. And who better to illustrate those for each story than Gary dome. So we did that. So I, I was, I already had him on the hook. So know, by this time you know.
1: he'd illustrated a number of books for you in various yes. different.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I and, and I got him and, and but there's, it's not always a, you know, a sure thing, even though if you got him working on other stuff, what if he would have said, well, I don't really care about snark, but he did, he loved it. And he, we have worked uh, so well together. I mean, it's amazing. I, I give him, you know, because I'm an artist, you know, a failed comic book artist, but an artist nonetheless, <laughs> I, I give him rough stuff, ideas, my text, you know, even do some kind of design page design. And then he takes it and, and makes it beautiful. I mean, he just, because he has all this knowledge of all these years and uh, in sequential art and uh, he, but we work so well together. it's like we understand you know I understand what he wants what he likes and I he understands what I like, and we 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 just you know we're very uh, much in tune with each other about Snark, and he loves the character, I think as much as I do. and uh, so anyway, that that's how that uh, relationship started. and then uh, very nice that his uh, his wife is a colorist and a letterer so oh, she does that so they are why, a, why wouldn't that movie. have made
1: sense at that point
2: <clears> yeah i mean it's just it's just the you know perfect so there you got them together working on this and they, and she loves the comic too and then i got an editor up in seattle george verongos who's great he loves he's he and when i first met george uh through a friend uh he told me gary dumb i'm like a fanboy of gary dumb so he knew gary dumb so yeah of course he was on board so, uh, yeah, so that's the team we've been working together uh you know for Snark one and now on Snark two
1: so you you basically threw back to the seventies to fanboy a project that when when you look at it has a very seventies slash eighties feel to it, and at the same time um Boy, is it difficult to describe what this
0: is
1: (laughs) because um, it's a series of, at this, at one point has no relative time and space. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It has, uh, (sighs) you know, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to describe. It's if you took a bunch of short stories and you threw them in Schrodinger's box <laughs> and you shook really hard and then you stuck your hand in one at a time and started reading them. It <laughs> ha- making no rhyme or reason as to how you pulled them out. <laughs> Except they kind of have no no literal timeline and there's a guy nudging you in the ribs throughout the entire the the entire read going you get it hey you get it let me help you along you get it and that's the damn stick
2: yep <laughs> Yeah, the cosmic staff. And who doesn't like to be called a stick, by the way. Yeah, Uh, he doesn't like to be called a stick, but a lot of people do. Because because technically he's
1: really not a stick. Just call him dad. It's fine. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) filled with in-jokes, filled with Star Trek references, Mm -hmm. and filled with uh, every kind of... uh, God, I hate to say this, but filled with every little snarky little aside you could come up with. Oh, yeah. Um, and yet with a sense of of innocent foreboding that is so relevant towards where as a, uh, a civilization, as a uh, as an entity, we are nudging ourselves towards. Mm-hmm. Why do you write like this?
2: Well, <laughs> I I have so many interests. I have so many different interests and I can't just stay in my lane, I guess, to put it in a You do
1: not color inside the lines, damn you.
2: No, and ah. I, I like short stories that are connected and, uh, you know, sequ- in this sequential art, because in a standard comic book, you get a story that goes the whole length of the comic book, usually, uh, unless it's some special thing where you got different writers working together or whatever. But in this case, I'm the same writer, but I'm putting together these vignettes of different places that Snark is visiting. And it seems to be kind of random, like you said, which I thought was a very good description, reaching into... A, the box that contains Schrodinger's cat, but uh, the uh, they're connected. There's there's a storyline. There's there's kind an of. There is kind an art. Kind of maybe. <laughs> at, at least you think there is, and then I deviate from it. But you know that's part of the fun. So uh, I, I deliberately did it that way uh, because it just seemed to make sense. Because I wanted him to have all these different adventures, and I and I didn't want to have to make a very long story, and then somebody has to, you know, go, I mean, I could have made them longer if I wanted to, but I get right to the point, and I I don't mess around, you know, it's shorthand, you know, so, but all the story, I mean, it it deals with history, with science fiction, with fantasy, uh, with uh, social issues, but not in a pedantic way, you know, nobody's lecturing anybody, you know, I hate that kind of stuff, but yet, you know, through the eyes of an innocent, which, you know, really Snark is, uh, and with his wisecracking stick, you know, with him, he, uh, he has all these adventures learning about and learning, like you said, to really like and love actually human beings, even though he was sent here to uh, enslave us <laughs> or to help prepare for uh, colonization, put it that way.
1: No, I think enslave works.
2: I've, yeah. It definitely well, it, would, it wouldn't be good for any of us. Let's just put it that way. It, wouldn't yeah, be it would
1: not be a happy time. No. A good time will be had by none.
2: By none. There's no question about that. Yeah. You don't want to have snarling reptilians in charge of you every day. No. So that's not good. Not a
1: good time. Not a good I thing. I could think of concerned.
2: a lot of other things that would <laughs> that would be better than that. <laughs> but, yeah, there's time travel involved. We, You know, there's no linear you know we don't play around with linear time here so it's uh, past present future all at once the action at a distance you know we we throw in everything
1: <laughs> in a way what you do um what what i take away from this um is is at the end of the graphic novel um And and, and I'm going to read the beginning of page 73. Cool. Um, Now that we've come to the end of this book, I believe it's time to talk about the future. There will likely be another snark graphic novel. Okay, well, there better be. (laughs) Because, first of all, because at the end of page 71, it says to be continued. Yeah. Okay? (laughs) So, there damn well better be. there will uh perhaps even more exciting there will be a doctor jekyll alien hunter graphic novel uh to yeah. come out before snark 3
2: yeah
1: i i think we deserve that yes because you've uh you've introduced a very interesting character yeah towards the end of book 2 here
2: yep
1: um that deserves deserves some some time of her own uh and and deserves some diversionary time of her own. And I also like that you've taken some time to talk to the kids who read book one. Yep. Um, because uh, this is a book that talks to everyone while this is a book that deals with some very important issues, it deals with them at any number of very generational levels. And what you've made very clear in, uh, in this, this, uh, second ending that you put together is that, uh, it's not a book strictly for adults or teenagers or just a comic book generation, but there's a young group of children who are seeming to enjoy this very much. Yes, it's it's very cool. (laughs) It is very cool. And I love the fact uh, that, uh, that young kids are getting a kick out of it and getting something out of it besides just getting a kick out of it
2: yeah and you know what reminds me of it you know when i was thinking about this how i wanted to put it together i wanted to be all ages and you remember the old bullwinkle cartoon
1: more than any oh,
2: oh
0: yes
1: i cannot tell you how many times in the past couple of weeks rocky and bullwinkle have come up uh, I mean, because they work at so many levels oh yes. my
2: god and I'm not claiming to be right, you know, as, as clever as that, but that's what I was kind of thinking is I want people of different ages and experiences to, to take their own, you know, something away from it and and everybody's going to read it in a certain way. And from kids to people my age or older, you know, and, and I think that that you know, that's the beauty of it. You know, that's what I, I wanted it to be. And um, I, I think that, that, I think we've accomplished that not just because of me, but because of the team, you know, because I, this wouldn't exist without Gary, if it was just me illustrating it, I'd still be on the fr- the first few panels of snark one, I'd still be trying to work on those. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, it's, it takes a lot of work. I mean, especially the second one. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was a lot. And uh, especially when we're coloring it too, and everything else, you know, which I wanted to do and uh but yeah it can be read at different at different levels and i wanted to say that we we sent snark one we sent it to uh we sent a thousand copies of snark one to the pine ridge indian reservation for all the kids in schools there
1: very um, cool oh yeah. very cool
2: and I, i'm not saying that to toot my own horn but i just know they i i know the lady one of the ladies that works in the school system there and i said you think the kids would like this and i sent it centered, you know, the one of the stories. And I, I think it was the story about Devil's Tower. I think it was. Uh towards the end. And um in Snark One. And uh she said, no, they they would love it. And I said, okay. And I was thinking maybe it'd be a couple hundred kids. And she said, well, let me see. We got a thousand kids. So I said, okay. I put my money where my mouth was. I'm gonna send a thousand copies of Snark to the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Now I was hoping <clears throat> they would you know, add some, you know, like, give me some feedback, uh, but because of COVID, and they got especially hit really hard there, uh, I haven't, didn't get it in time for SNARK 2, but in SNARK 3, or maybe Dr. Jekyll uh, will put some of their responses in there, and, you know, we also sent it to St. Jude's Hospital uh, for children. Uh, I sent it to the VA in Long Beach. Uh, I'm a veteran, and I I really, you know, uh, want to support those guys that are hospitalized, so I sure. sent Sent it to them, and even to my relatives in Norway, uh, who's a principal. I sent some copies for them, and they they enjoyed it. So, I I guess it has a, a broad appeal, and, uh, and and you know the, the whole idea was just fulfilling a dream of, of putting together a comic book after 37 years in fits and starts, and and finally I was able to do it, and. Um, I'm loving it. I I just, you know, I mean, I still have my full-time teaching job although everything's online. Uh and I just uh, you know, I'm at home so I have a lot of time to work on it. And, yeah, and and by the way, Dr. Jekyll Alien Hunter, uh I've I've written the whole thing. It, it's also a graphic novel. It's already done in raw form, you know, just my drawings and story sure. and stuff. So, it's going to go to uh to Gary maybe later this year. Uh, he needed a little break from me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, going to say, nice. same team though, right? <laughs> it's, it's not like he's just just full-time doing exactly what I want him to, but, you know, he's got other projects. So, But, yeah, we're going to do that. And then so, Stark 3 after that.
1: So the other major difference between this and the original one is that Stark 1 was a Kickstarter project. Yes. Uh, and this one is going directly to uh, publish via Amazon. Yeah. And having done both, why did you choose to do that this time?
2: Yeah. Um, well, the first one, I, I wanted to have a traditional comic book, so that's what I got. Mm-hmm. The floppy, you know, the stapled thing. I mean, just, you know, very attractive, nice-looking comic book, nice paper.
1: Absolutely was, yeah.
2: But uh, the second one, I I wanted it to be longer cuz I had more to say and more stories and also yeah the Kickstarter it was successful for Snark 1 we raised enough money to pay for printing cuz you know if you don't have Amazon do it you got to pay for yourself and then right. distribution and it's it's just a you know it's it's a big it it's a headache it's hard and and, and my wife anyway she said no you're not going to do Kickstarter again because I was driving her nuts with uh, you know, check like you you know we were talking about earlier. You know, checking my emails all the time, checking to see how we're doing. Nervous, like a you know, just as nervous as near, nervous could be. Because with Kickstarter, you got to get your target, otherwise you get nothing. And I thought, oh man, this is way too much pressure. And uh, so I was bugging her, and she said, no, that's it, no more Kickstarter. So I said, now nah, I'm just gonna you know, I'll I will pay for the art. Uh, and we will go through Amazon, and that's just been a much smoother process for us and it's, for my marriage. It's,
1: it's 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 less heart attack inducing, yeah.
2: Yes, exactly. It, I don't like that kind of stress. If I if I wanted that kind of stress, I would have continued to work at Boeing or remained in the military. <laughs> <laughs> Either one of those two. Pick pick your poison.
1: (laughs) I get it. Boy, do I get it. So, you're still teaching through this pandemic. Yeah. You've got two books. You're planning two books ahead at this point. Yeah. The... uh, the ebook of snark two is available through amazon right now
2: yeah it's available through amazon right now so anybody could go and get snark two and then the print one should be ready within a week a week and a half something like that it should be up uh for sale if if people want a print copy um yeah so i'm yes. very excited about about that and uh I'm, I'm looking forward to people's reactions, and, and you know, thank you guys for for already looking at it at an advanced copy, and and uh, I'm glad you liked it, and that you like Snark One too. It it is a little different. We you know, like I said, you said that we go into some of the background of the characters, specifically the stick, the the snarky stick, you know, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> find out who he really is and uh and the basis of their relationship uh which is kind of a fun relationship, and uh we find out the cosmic cosmic staff has some favorite people from earth history that he really admires so uh that that's in there, and we find out the origins of snark you know that he's he's uh, a hybrid find out who is
1: yeah, yeah, who, we never even got into that part uh. <laughs> Which is, which, which is a set of, of, of weird facts in and of itself, uh, <laughs> which has something to do with uh, alien abductions, if you want. And, and yeah. uh, uh, there's a whole set of wackadoodle inferences there that uh, you guys are going to have to read for yourselves. Uh, I read it and I just kind of went, Travis Walton, here we come. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, so there's, there's a whole side uh, to, uh, to, to Bruce that he lets loose with in this book that we hadn't seen before, uh, that i really enjoyed. There's, there's a whole side to, uh, to uh, uh, the, the artwork that I knew I enjoyed, but I didn't know about until uh, I got to learn about Uh, gary and and laura dumb and and Mm -hmm. realized oh my god that's what i was missing that link that connection that goes all the way back to the 70s um and and uh this is something that i didn't realize brought me back to uh to uh a kind of a a a magical confluence of timeless confluence um, that I didn't realize was there until it was slapping me in the face. Uh, (laughs) Bruce, uh, you've done it again. (laughs) And and I've really enjoyed it. And uh, I, I hope the audience does take the time to, to check it out we'll have all the links on the website to bring them to it so that they can they can uh, check it out and be, be a part of what this is all about because uh, this is once again something very original very deep very weird very much fun what will be Earth's future
2: yeah. We Oops. we were hanging in the balance <laughs> by our
1: fingernails, and, and I, yeah. I think one of them just got chipped. But
2: <laughs> once and, again, thanks yeah, for snark, joining snark, us, man. And... Yeah, Snark One is on comiXology the the ebook. It's not on oh. Amazon. Snark One, you oh. got to go to comiXology.com dot com. And we'll oh, have
1: that link for you as well.
2: So yeah, and if they and if they want a hard copy, even signed by the artist, I have several of those if people want to go to my website and order that, I can uh, I can hook them up with a Gary Dumb signed uh, copy oh, wow. of Snark 1 which will be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars someday maybe. I know what I'm getting Dumb for Christmas then. <laughs> At least hundreds of dollars. Maybe, maybe $10. I don't know.
1: Our guest tonight has been Bruce Olive Soldheim and, and- He's done more in, in a day than I could do in a week, because uh, I'm still walking by the cape. But, <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, thank you so much, my friend.
2: Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate it.
1: Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Granite Con, Plastic City Comic Con, and the Upper Valley Comic Expo. We are also sponsored by Dreamforge Magazine, a superb magazine of fantasy and science fiction, and Comic Art House. Visit Comic Art House for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. And if you're looking for a really great gift book for that rapidly approaching semi-annual Fairbanks Melt Day celebration, consider a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family, now on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. My Peculiar Family, the audiobook, is available on Audible because I'm not sure where else you can find it. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts. For more of his amazing stuff, just look at robwattsonline.com and don't forget to try the Watt sauce. We have, we love it. Our outro was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. You can find Lawrence Made Me Cry's music on Bandcamp and a whole lot of love to JoJo and Celine. Many thanks to the gang from his booking books. Thank you, Captain Cam. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie shared pain as lessons, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Better things are coming, Stacy. Stay strong, Liz. So, unless it's daytime. Good
0: night, everybody. Sounds good. That sounds perfect.